Welcome to the Focus on Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Preston Schrader. And I'm Jason Carr. Jason, how are you doing today? Well, Preston, uh, other than uh, technical challenges, which we've had due to the COVID world, uh, doing pretty well. <laughs> For sure. So today's podcast revolved around soybeans. Jason, do you want to talk about our guest? Yeah, Holly Ruland is the CEO of the United Soybean Board, which is a checkoff program funded by growers. And the goal of the soybean board is to advocate for soybean use and to find and develop new markets for soybeans. We had a great conversation with Polly talking about some of those uses of soybeans that some people may have no idea about, not be aware of. Yeah, who knew soybeans are now going to be used uh, as an asphalt sealant? Interesting stuff. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Polly. Welcome to the podcast, Polly. It's good to have you here today. Uh, to start things off, could you tell us a little bit about your background, your education and uh, career experiences? Sure, sure. I've worked directly for farmer boards for uh, about 25 years in nonprofit settings. So I've been in agriculture my whole career and worked directly for farmers my whole career. Uh, right now, I'm the CEO of the United Soybean Board. And prior to that, I was CEO of the, the Cattlemen's Beef Board the United Soybean Board and Almond's Beef are checkoff programs, and they both uh, take advantage of farmer investments to do research, promotion, uh, education, and marketing of commodity agriculture products. So, uh, an interesting point is I'm the first female, I was the first female CEO of the Cattlemen's Beef Board, and I'm also the first female CEO of the United Soybean Board. So, I think that it's an important point that women in agriculture, uh, agriculture is becoming more diverse with every day and women in agricultural leadership uh, are becoming, women are becoming more common every day. That's awesome. So where's home? Right now it's in St. Louis. Uh, that's where the United Soybean Board is located. St. Louis is, is a absolute hotbed for agriculture organizations and, and Midwest agriculture in general. Prior to St. Louis, I lived in Colorado for, uh, golly, for about 30 years. And as you can imagine, Denver and Colorado are a real hub for the beef industry. So, uh, so I kind of go where the jobs are and where the farmers are. That sounds interesting. Polly, when we talk about a checkoff program, farmers are pretty well aware of what a checkoff program is. But when we talk about general consumers, um, they may not know. So how, how is a checkoff program funded? Sure. So checkoff programs are pretty unique in their structure, the way they work, uh, and what they do. Checkoff programs are research and promotion programs. That's what we call them formally, informally, called checkoff programs. And they take farmer investments and put them toward commodity marketing, research, promotion, and education about the particular commodity. So in, in the case of United Soybean Board, it's soybean farmers that invest a certain percentage of their proceeds from every sale into that education and marketing uh, and research that we talked about, about soybeans. And there are more than 20 checkoff or research and promotion programs for different commodities in the U.S. So in agriculture, they're very common and a lot of people know about them. Uh, outside of agriculture, maybe they're not very common. I think as a matter of fact, whenever checkoff programs have come up recently in the news or uh, in the press, it's been uh, said that they are funded by taxpayers, and that's not true. They're 100% uh, 
farmer funded. Even the cost of the USDA overseeing our programs is reimbursed to USDA from farmer funds. So I think if you had to say the most common misperception would be that they're that they're paid for by taxpayers, but they're not. They're all farmer funded. And so they each have their own farmer board. And that's who I work for. Interesting. So what are some of the, I guess, goals then of the United Soybean Board? What kind of research are you guys doing? Yeah, we do. We do a lot. We do a lot. So the United Soybean Board particularly is about a hundred million dollar organization. And again, that's all collected from farmers every year. And we work very hard to improve the economic, environmental, and social sustainability of soybean farmers and of the soybean. So everything we do is basically aimed toward those three areas, making sure that soybean farmers and the soybean business are viable into the future. We do that through a lot of things. Uh, We work and perform research to continually deliver a better bean, what we call a better bean, be that a higher quality bean or a bean that has um, constituents that meet uh, end user demand, be those in oil or be those in soybean meal. Um, We work on developing and sustaining new markets for U.S. soy, and we do have a lot of soy products that most people are probably unaware of. So we work in uh, export markets all over the world to produce Soy for human food, which, as most people know, is one of the basic uh, proteins that much of the world depends on for a healthy diet. Uh, We work to create new markets in things like animal feed. Most animals that are used for uh, consumption, cattle, pork, chicken, turkeys, fish, all of those animals eat soybeans as part of their diet. So we work to make sure that we make the healthiest bean for animal diets as well as human diets. Then we have a whole lot of other products that are made out of soy that most people probably don't realize. So in all, what we do is we try to maximize and optimize profit opportunity for soybean farmers uh, and and make sure that they're sustainable in all kinds of ways, not just economically, but uh, socially as part of their communities and part of a world community and environmentally as well. So we definitely want to dive in a little bit more to some of those topics, especially talking about some of those interesting uses of soybeans that maybe people aren't really aware of, because I know there's many things that researchers are developing and that the United Soybean Board is supporting. Can we start off with kind of just to set the baseline, how important are soybeans economically to farmers and as a part of the overall economy? Yeah, great question, because we just finished a study uh, back in March. We coordinated with the Processors Association to fund a study that found that the soybean industry overall has an impact of about $115 billion, billion with a B, on the American economy. Yeah, it it was done by a third-party research firm, and it was based on our impact for the 2014-15 and 2016-17 Uh, fiscal years, our fiscal years. So it looked at things like not only uh, revenue, but looked at economic impacts like wages and jobs uh, and the number of people in this country that are dependent on the uh, American soybean for their their livelihood. So the soybean sector supports about 357,000 people. uh, And that means about 280,000 paid uh, what we call FTE full-time equivalents. Uh, So that's that's a pretty big chunk for yeah, that, the economy. So, yep. 
yep. very important. Yeah, you, you kind of mentioned already the, the different sources for soybeans. I'm curious, do you have any stats on the percentage of soybeans, like what percentage you go to, to food versus feed uh, versus industrial uses? And then maybe could you also mention just a few of those unique sources that maybe the average listener might not know, might not realize that soybeans uh, are used to produce? Yeah, so the livestock industry is our number one customer for U.S. soy. And it's, it's important to note up front, kind of, when you think about the soybean, when soybeans go into the, the plant that they are processed in, they're basically um, squeezed, more or less, so that they separate into oil and meal. So you can imagine the meal part is the chunky part after the oil is, is um, squeezed and processed out of it. So we have different markets for those two different parts of, of what the bean separates into. The livestock industry is the number one customer of the meal part of the bean. Uh, a majority of soybean, soybeans grown in the United States are used for animal feed, but as you understand, they only eat the meal part. Poultry is our number one uh, sector as far as animal feed, followed by pigs, dairy, beef, and then aquaculture or, or fish. Uh, so, um, when you think about meal, that's where it goes. Now, when you think about human consumption and you think about the oil, uh, that's mostly in human uh, consumption and nutrition. So, 61% of the oil is uh, used for frying and baking, vegetable oil, ingredients in salad dressings or margarine, um, as shortening ingredients in baked goods, for example, uh, et cetera. And, and when you think about oil, there are a couple different kinds of oil that are used. One kind is a high oleic soybean oil, which uh, USB helped develop several years ago, that has uh, similar heart health to olive oil. So um, it, it offers food companies, when they use it in, in, the, in the ways I just mentioned, the baking, the frying, et cetera, et cetera, it not only, high oleic soybeanol not only offers them increased functionality like fry life, increased fry life, uh, cleaner fryers, increased stability, a nice neutral flavor profile for those food companies. It makes it ideal, but it's also trans fat free and it contains less saturated fat, about three times the amount of monounsaturated fatty acids than other oils that can be used in these uh, in these ways. So we're pretty excited about the development sale of the high lake soybean oil, especially. Well, that's great. And, and I think uh, lots more if you want me to go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. And, and I think an important point came out of what you were saying. It sounds like none of the bean is wasted. So even if we're, if we're using it for oil, the solids go to another use or vice versa. Correct. Animal feed and human feed on the solid part. Uh, what people may know of soy be that, um, you know, be that, for example, tofu and the human food, that's the solid part of the bean. And that's the part that both people and animals eat. You mentioned some of those things that those new uses, let's talk about a couple of those. What are, what are a couple of the most, or, you know, start off with one, maybe the most exciting new uses of soybeans that people may not be aware of? You know, there's several. I'll tell you the ones that I'm the most excited about right now. Um, top of mind is a new soybean-based concrete sealant. Uh, wow. So if you think really? about the nation's, yeah, I think about the nation's infrastructure 
and how states, a lot of states rely on being able to maintain existing infrastructure to get federal monies to do uh, infrastructure, to do critical projects. So, uh, for example, a state has to prove that it's maintaining road surfaces and bridge surfaces. There is a new soy-based concrete sealant that is, um, you don't, the, the people can apply it quickly. The road maintenance people can apply it quickly. It doesn't require masks when they're spraying it on. It sprays on much more quickly than a petroleum-based, and it lasts longer. Uh, so it's cheaper as well. So I'm super excited about the potential of a concrete um, and asphalt sealant. Um, as, as you know, infrastructure maintenance is so important to soybean farmers um, trucking and moving our uh, you know, our product from place to place. So there's a, that's a two-way bonus. Yeah, that uh, sounds, like a, it sounds like a win on several levels there. Um, when we talk about petroleum-based, you know, replacing petroleum-based products with soybeans, are they equivalent in their functionality or, you know, do you have any information about that? Yeah, we actually, in some of the uses when we replace petroleum, uh, we are more functional. Soybeans are more functional. For example, Goodyear Tires, uh, are replacing the petroleum and tires with soybeans, and they intend to increase their use of soybean oil in their tires by 25%. What Goodyear has found is when they use soybean oil as a partial or complete replacement for petroleum, the tires are stickier and have better road performance. So uh, in many cases, soybeans act um, better than the petroleum does. Another example is that same technology is now being used by the shoe company Skechers, in the soles of their running shoe lines uh, because the soles are uh, more stable and a little bit stickier to the road surface, allowing that kind of friction that runners need. That's interesting. I'm curious, I mean, in the same vein of petroleum-based comparisons, like from a sustainability perspective, do you have any stats or figures if you were to compare soybeans to more like the traditional uh, petroleum-based products, uh, how soybeans, you know, impact, the environment or what the long-term sustainability is of using soybeans for these products? Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there's some, there's some obvious factors to that. One of them is that U.S. soy is um, a very consistent supply that we can get domestically, right? It's a renewable supply. We grow it every year. It's a consistent supply and it's a domestic supply as opposed to a lot of petroleum products. Um, When companies replace kind of petrochemicals with soybean oil, they find that they insulate themselves from raw material price fluctuations when the product isn't obtained domestically. Uh, And I mentioned not only are they available, but they're completely renewable. So uh, they're a lot more, the supply itself is a lot more um, sustainable. Soybeans are biodegradable. Of course, they're a natural product. And so when you when you think about replacing it, uh, replacing uh, petrochemicals with soybeans, you get, as I mentioned in the asphalt, um, you get a non-hazardous material that can be applied and used safely and also in many cases is biodegradable. So, you know, you think about that, you think about that in in applications like the concrete sealant. Or another application that we're working on now is um, using soy-based asphalt polymers to produce the asphalt itself. Uh, and so this thing, there are about 300 million tons of asphalt pavement that were put down last year alone in the U.S. So the potential for asphalt is huge. As a matter of fact, 
uh, one of the Scandinavian countries, I can't remember which one right now, said asphalt is one of its primary, primary ways to uh, make the entire country more sustainable. So soy-based asphalt is a, is a huge market and, and an enormous step towards sustainability. Uh, that project that we funded is currently at the Federal Department of Transportation testing um, on a track not far from Washington, D.C. So commercialization is, <laughs> is on the immediate horizon for soy-based asphalt. That's incredible. I, you know, I think probably most people have no idea how impactful this crop is. Are there other uses then that you'd like to highlight that are upcoming or um, I'm sure we're just kind of scratching the tip of the iceberg, it sounds like. No, we are. I mean, when you think about soy-based motor oil, um, U.S. Department of Defense is, has already given its seal of approval to soy-based motor oil. So it is examining the use of it. It's already available. Soy-based motor oil is available on Amazon and also in a lot of farm and feed stores. Uh, so Biosynthetic Technologies is the name of the company that makes it. Uh, so so that's that's another use. And then there are just, oh my God, we have soy-based paint. We have soy-based carpet. We have soy-based carpet adhesive. Um, so there's just oh, uh, paint coatings, uh, powder, powder coatings on metal. Soy-based powder coatings on metal are in development with some USB money in that in that project. So we're just at USB, we are absolutely dedicated to finding an increasing number of uses for the soybean that is that is even beyond food feed and um, oil for human consumption. It's really fascinating. It sounds like you're saying for someone who would be interested in a sustainable solution for themselves, they could go out and they can buy some soy-based oil, even get it on Amazon and put it in their own car right now. You bet. I mean, listen, you could use, if, if you think about a tractor, every part of that tractor almost can be made out of soy. Plastic components can be made out of soy. The seat foam Ford uh, makes seat foam out of out of soy right now. The seat covers can be made out of soy. The rubber on the wow. steering wheel and the tires, paint can be made out of soy. The paint can be made out of soy. So, I mean, it's you can almost make a tractor <laughs> out, of, <laughs> out of soybeans, and then you can fuel it with biofuel. So uh, there you go. <laughs> that, that's really interesting, and I, I've I've heard the story about Henry Ford and making his car out of soybeans. I don't know, seventy or eighty years ago, whatever that was. And I always kind of wondered if that was more hype or uh, if it really happened. And it sounds like, uh, you know, at least with what we know today, it definitely can almost be done. Oh, you bet. And that's really interesting because, you know, Henry Ford had a really famous quote, and that is, uh, if I asked the people what they want, they would have said faster horses. I think about that quote a lot when we're in development hmm. of new products, because you have to be super creative. Yeah, that's a great parallel there. Yeah, I'm I'm just so glad farmers invest in their own future with this program because I'm pretty sure a lot of this R&D wouldn't get done if, if it weren't for farmer investments in checkoff. For sure. So we're recording this the summer of 2020 and there's a lot of uncertainty out there in the world today. Um, geopolitically, we've got a pandemic. I'm just kind of curious, how do you see the future of soybean production in the U.S.? Is it a positive future? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've really never been more excited about a product than I am about the future of soy in the U.S. and globally. And I think you know why, just based on our conversation. We have, I call soy the magic bean. You know, you got food, feed, fiber, and fuel. You can make almost anything out of this bean. And and so I think the, the as far as the demand side, which really drives the supply side, 
the demand side, the future looks very, very bright. Uh, I know that soybean farmers are actively improving their sustainability, including soil health. Uh, and so I think that means a brighter future because we know consumers and companies are looking to products that are renewable and sustainable. I think soybean meets that, uh, that very well. So I can't think of a way that um, that not only domestically but globally we can't continue to grow the soy market and make soybean farmers particularly more viable um, and economically sustainable into the future. And you mentioned the work that's being done by growers to become more sustainable all the time. You know, I think a lot of times maybe that story doesn't get told quite as much as it should. Sometimes egg gets blamed for a lot of things, but really there's a lot of things being done to where farmers are a net positive for the environment rather than a, a negative. Yeah, it's in many areas. I heard somebody say on a on a newscast the other day, you know, uh, farming hasn't changed in 100 years. And I thought, wow, you need to actually talk to a real farmer. <laughs> uh, because, <laughs> because farming has changed tremendously as far as, I mean, all, think about technology alone. And think about the GPS systems that are in tractors and farm equipment and the data feed that comes constantly from the ground, from the earth to the tractor and makes and allows the farmer to make real-time decisions on things that before he, he or she was just guessing at as far as application of pesticides and herbicides, for example, the quality of the soil that's directly under the tractor at any given time and how that soil can be made better. Um, we have reduced tillage in this country significantly so that ground stays put um, and, and the topsoil stays put better than it ever has. We use less fuel. We have fewer greenhouse gas emissions. There's less soil compaction. There's less water runoff. So just the, the thought that farming hasn't changed, uh, farming is changing every day. The technology is changing and the way we um, have that synergistic relationship with the soil and with the earth and with the resources is changing every day. And farmers know better today than they ever have that their dependence on the soil depends on their stewardship of the soil and the natural resources that they that they manage. It's a perfect place to, to tie a bow on this conversation. Polly, we really appreciate you taking time out of your uh, day to join us for this discussion uh, on soybeans. Absolutely. I think there's really no time like the present time in the crisis to realize how critical the food chain uh, is to us. I think it takes uh, empty grocery store shelves sometimes for people to realize how important farmers are and what, you know, what a critical source of the infrastructure and how they'd have to keep working. So that's a perfect message as far as consumers and we talk to our customers. Listen, we're still working. We're still out there in the fields. We're still planting. We're still making food for you every day. And, and we appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate you as a consumer, and, and we really want you to appreciate us as a farmer and work together with us for the food supply. Absolutely. Is there a, for the listeners, is there a place, like do you guys have a Twitter uh, account or anywhere the listeners can find you or your organization to learn more? Sure. You can just, um, you can Google U.S. Soy or United Soybean Board. We have websites, uh, Twitter account. We have a LinkedIn account. We're on Instagram. Uh, and so there's there's a lot of information out there for U.S. Soy or United Soybean Board. Thanks again for your time, Polly. This has been a great conversation. Oh, good. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. And stay healthy and stay well during this challenging time. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the program hosts or their employer.